this is going to be different tonight. Can we do something different tonight? This is going to be a challenge. We're going to get you involved. How many think you ought to be involved in ministry? How about I got five timid hands. How many think you ought to be involved in ministering to people? All right, how about, all right, let's do it one more time. How many think you ought to be involved in ministering to people? Oh, every hand ought to go up. So we're going to help you do that tonight. In fact, uh, in fact, it is a day that we don't need to just come to a church and hear somebody that thinks they can preach good. We need, we need to put into practice stuff, you know. Because listen to James, the practical half-brother of Jesus. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away, forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So how many know it's a day not just to come and hear somebody like me, but really put it into practice. So I want to help you do that. Is that good? So uh, the bottom line is, um, and, and everything I'm going to say is, uh, is on the, uh, my notes, and I put them, they're on the website, and I did that on purpose because I want you to grasp it. But I'm go- I want to change something that I'm doing, and uh, you know, how many know change is not easy? So if you've been doing something a long time, it just becomes a second, a, a, a part of your nature, and it's really, you know, it's easy to do. So I'm, I'm working on changing, and I've been changing a lot of things about me over the past couple of years, particularly strong, because I'm getting so much younger. Um, you're supposed to laugh. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but, um, but this is one thing. Uh, we went to a conference, and uh, the staff team, and I think seven of us went back in uh, September, uh, first part of September, and w- w- the, the, the speaker said something, and every one of us looked at each other and said, we got to do that. So I want to change how I do the altar call on Sundays, because because what we're doing in, in a lot of ways, you know, we have you come down at the end of services and pray for people. And I think we've never done that. I mean, I've been ministry y'all, y'all for a long time, longer than a lot of people are old. And but we've never done stuff like that. But now we're doing that. People are coming down. And how many know God wants to use the average person in the body of Christ, not just the man or woman of God that's anointed? All of us are anointed. Is that true? We're living in a different day, y'all, and the, and the Spirit of God really wants to impact our culture. And, and it's, it's not going to happen in the four walls. It's going to happen outside the doors where he uses us to minister. Is that true? So I want to prepare you and equip you in here. So I want you to help me do the altar call on Sundays. What do you want me to do? We're going to talk about that. You're going to help me pray with the people. I want you to do the praying. Now, we're going to have props. We're going to help you. But I want you to do the praying, you to get involved individually with the people that raise their hands. So I'm going to change how I do it beginning this Sunday. So the people here, how many of you go to first service, raise your hand? How many of you go to second service, raise your hand? That's awesome. See, we got enough people that go to both services. So you've, once you hear this tonight, we're going to start practicing this on Sunday. So you're going to help me do the altar call. When I, when I give an appeal for salvation, for people to come to Jesus, you're going to help me pray with the people. I'm going to show you how to do it tonight. Is that good? Now, now you know the stats are not, not really good uh, as far as believers leading people to Jesus. Most believers, honestly, particularly in America, have never led another person to Jesus, have never prayed the prayer and wouldn't even know what to do if they were talking to somebody and they wanted to meet the Lord right then. Well, we're going to do this in such a way you'll know what to do. 
and you'll know what to pray. In fact, I've given you my notes. I've given you the prayer. It's on the website in the notes, and you can kind of rehearse it yourself. And every Sunday, we're going to help you. Is that good? So when you leave here, you'll know what to do. I've done that so much, I just know what to do. I don't know what to do because I'm smart. I just know what to do because I just keep doing it. And you know, what you repeat continually becomes a habit that you can do almost without thinking. Is that true? So, uh, so let's talk about this a little bit. Um, John three sixteen. here's some scripture about, I just want you to get God's heart about how much he loves people. W- once you get his heart about how much he cares about people that don't know him, there's no problem doing this. So uh, John three sixteen seventeen. 17, New Living Translation is familiar. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his, world into the, his son into the world not to judge the world. But, that the, but to save the world through him. And then I love this parable of the lost sheep. Uh, there's two places, Matthew 18, Luke 15. Luke's a little longer. I'm going to read both. If a man has a hundred sheep, one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hill and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he'll rejoice over it more than the 99 that didn't wander away in the same way. It's not my heavenly father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. So question mark, is God concerned about the person that doesn't know him? Is he he wanting to reach it and would do anything he can to reach that person? See, if you have that mindset that when we're out working, we're out schooling, we're out leisuring, whatever you're doing, there's somebody that God may want you to touch because he wants them. He wants them in his kingdom, wants them in his family. He wants them to go to heaven and miss hell. I mean, that's true. Luke 15, here it is again. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus. Now, I love to read that. Tax collectors were like the scum of the earth first century because they stole everybody's money and they lived in a big house down at the other side of town where nobody else could afford to live and everybody, nobody liked them. But they came to listen to Jesus. And I just like the way Luke put it. Tax collectors and other notorious Sinner. Do you know any notorious sinners? Do we have any ex-notorious sinners in here? <laughs> right? So he said, uh, this made the Pharisees, teachers of the religious law, complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep, one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep the same way. Watch, I love this. There is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. How many would like to make heaven happy? I mean, really? That's pretty cool, isn't it? So be the person that God can use to reach someone. Here's the message paraphrase of 1 Corinthians 9. So, you know, if you just have the mindset, uh, how many like to talk to people? Raise your hand. And I'm constantly engaging people that I don't know in conversation, particularly people that have mundane jobs and they do the same thing, like the people at the cash register at the grocery store. I will engage them or the person that's, you know, if you're going to eat some healthy fast food, healthy, maybe that's, you know, oxymoron, I don't know. But anyway, and you're, I just engage them. Today I had lunch, I engaged that little girl in conversation. You know, I just do. Because, you know, they just do the same thing all the time. And, and I want them to know that I think they're good and I, and I just like them. And, 
And I just want to bless their life. If you have that kind of mindset, you know, perhaps God can use you to speak, speak a word and they will actually come to know him. What's this? So um, 1 Corinthians 9, the message paraphrase, 19 through 23. Even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, the Apostle Paul says, I voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, colon, religious, non-religious Meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. Have you met any of these people this week? You know you have. Uh, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. Isn't that great? What was he saying there? He's saying, you know, I just, I just let my hair down. Well, just, I just relax. If he had hair. I just relax and I, and I just engage people enough. Find out where they are. I don't sin with them. But if they're sinning, it doesn't bother me. They might be drinking some nice bourbon or some whiskey. It doesn't bother me, he says. Oh, they may make surrealist comments and use slang expressions that I don't care to hear. But you know what? I'm not going to down badmouth them about it. I'm going to love them where they are. Is that what he was saying? They don't have to come to be like me. No, I'm coming to where they are. I'm invading their world. I'm letting my life, so to speak, be tainted with who they are because I love them. Did Jesus do that for us? I mean, think about coming from a perfect place like heaven and living in a human body for 33 and a half years and having to go through all the things you go through with a human body. I mean, you know, (laughs) Jesus did a lot for us. Would you agree? Can't we do the same for the people around us? And so he said, I didn't just, um, I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. So I want to help let you in on this. So I want to encourage you to just ask God, and this, I was reminded of this today as I was praying and preparing for tonight, that um, in Smith Wigglesworth's books, one is about his life written by, um, by his uh, brother-in-law, uh, Stanley Frodsham, and who said that uh, Smith, would, Smith would literally, when he was a plumber before he got into ministry, and for those that don't know who Smith Wigglesworth was, I think he died in 1947, 1948. He was an uneducated English plumber. And his wife worked for the Salvation Army. She came to Jesus. And, uh, and he didn't want to have anything to do with salvation, Christianity, or anything. He was a heathen. And, but he came to Jesus. He got miraculously uh, saved and had a tremendously deep experience with God. Resultingly, he went worldwide preaching the gospel, had a tremendous healing ministry. Twenty-three people were raised from the dead, documented under his ministry during all those decades of ministry that he had. But uh, Smith Wigglesworth said in, in the uh, biography that Stanley Frodsham wrote, said that uh, um, when he was a plumber, after he had been converted, he was so excited about salvation, he would take his lunch in a pail to work with him. And he said on, at lunchtime, in fact, when he got up in the morning, he said, Lord, this morning, lead me to the soul closest to hell. And he would go and sit down somewhere, wherever he was working, just sit on the street. And he wouldn't eat his lunch until God led him to the person that he was going to witness to. He had planned to minister to someone at every lunch engagement he had with himself. And so he would meet people and share with them. And he would share the gospel with them. But that was his goal every day. What if we had a goal every day? Maybe it's not to do it at lunchtime. But what if you had a goal when you get up, Lord, somewhere today, somehow today, I'm going to share the gospel with at least 
one person. Now, that's not a huge goal. But how many of that's a goal? That's better than not doing anything. Most believers don't do anything. And, and it's time, y'all. I mean, our world is ripe. Would you agree? The fields, Jesus said, are white. So I just want just think about doing that. In doing that, uh, let me share some things that I've shared before. The statistics are, and I share this in the growth track when I minister, and I mentioned this, and I talked about this last May when I talked about evangelism. Um, it takes, uh, the statistics say that every person who becomes a believer in Christ in our culture has at least seven personal contacts or personal touches from different believers before he or she ever becomes interested in Jesus. Now think about that. Before a person's even interested in listening, they've got to have seven touches. Isn't that interesting? So think about all of the people where you work. Think about all the people that you touch at lunch or if you're in the grocery store, you're, at, you're somewhere else at the Target or the Walmart or wherever you go. And, and, and people that you, you, you will engage, you'll be around. Think seven times. Think about all of the, the things God's trying to orchestrate with all of the people that don't know him. And think about his heart passion, as we just read, to bring just that one into his family that doesn't know him yet. Isn't it cool that God wants to use every one of us every single day? How many believe that God could use you every day? Hmm? How many would be willing to, to pray that every morning, Lord, use me today to share with at least one person about Jesus? How many be willing to do that? Well, then lift your hands up with me. Father, today, right now, I ask you for me and for all of us in this room and all of the people watching online, Lord, work it out that every single day beginning today, Give us opportunities to share who Jesus is in some way. It could be a very simple way. But use us as one of those seven touches that a person needs before they experience salvation through Christ. In Jesus' name, work it out in every life. Let the conviction rise up in us and help us to know who the person is every day. In Jesus' name. How many agree? All right, that's awesome. Don't forget we have those uh, truelife.org cards. They're on, in the, on the stand in the foyer. Make sure you have those with you because those are great tools. I give them out. Do you give them out? I give them out constantly and encourage, invite people to come to church with you. So 1 Corinthians 3, as I hurry to a close here, I planted the seeds in your hearts. Apollos watered, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters will work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. So one plants, one waters, God gives increase. And I've shared this many times before, but just think of, uh, you know, when you think in terms of sharing Jesus with somebody, think in terms of, of being a farmer that plants seed. And, you know, that farmer plants the seed and, you know, things have got to happen. It's got to germinate. It's got to have water. It's got to have moisture. It's got to have warmth. And that seed will germinate and grow and eventually produce fruit. So, you know, one plants, one waters. God gives the increase in that. So I've said it and I'll say it again tonight. Think in terms when you, so, so tomorrow when you get up, okay, Lord, what am I going to do today? Think in terms of, of being a farmer. You're going to plant, you're going to water, and sometimes you'll reap a harvest. So not every time uh, 
Not every time when you talk to somebody, are they even ready to pray a prayer of salvation? They're not, sometimes they're not right for picking yet. They're, you might be one of those seven that touched them first, right? But, but just have that in mind. So I've shared this, that there are times that I know I'm just planting a seed in a person. So I try, I seek to engage people in conversation, like I said, anywhere I am. And, um, and so I just let na- a natural, I don't try to, I don't try to be religious. I'm just, I don't even want people, often I don't want people to know I'm a pastor to start with because they eventually, ch- immediately change and become weird. It's just really odd if you're a pastor. If you've never experienced that, you don't want to. So I don't let them know, but I just engage them in conversation. And then at some point, something said, something, whatever, just in the banter back and forth, I'll just plant a little seed, say something about spiritual things in some way. And, and I, tell, I can tell immediately then, when I say that, sometimes the people immediately change the conversation, and that tells me, I just planted a seed. That person's heart is so hard, they're not, they don't want me to talk about that. They don't want to talk about that. They may have been hurt, had a bad experience, had somebody try to stuff it down the throat. I'm just planting a seed. So see, when you do that, don't let that bother you. You planted the seed. Don't press, don't push, you planted a seed. Let God use somebody else to plant another seed. By the time seven people have done it, they may go into the next phase, they're ready to be watered. So uh, many of many occasion that I'm sharing with somebody, meet somebody in the f- few short minutes I may have with them. And, and I say something about spiritual things. And then, you know, the, you can just tell on their face. It's like, hmm, I'll talk about that. Well, yeah. And they'll talk about an experience with this or that, a family member, a church or something and see what you're doing. And then you can just, you know, keep the conversation going a little bit. And those conversations, those might be ones that I say, well, you know, here's a here's a card and and there's a truelife.org on the other side. You got questions about God that that you may wonder about and need some answers for. Well, go to this website, yada, yada, and I'll just hand it to them. And I'll say, you know, uh, and then I'll say, I'll pastor a church. Here it is. So, come visit us. So you can sit on the front row and, well, spit on, I'm spit on you. I'm joking. I'm kidding. But you come and I'll, I'll, I'd love to meet you then. So if you'll do that, so you're planting, watering, and every once in a while you will be the person to pray with someone. And that, what does that mean? That means that person you pray with, they've already been talked to a lot. Seven before they're even interested. And then after that, people are planting, people are watering. And, and eventually, you know, sometimes you meet somebody, well, I need the Lord. Well, today, let's talk about the people that come here. Uh, and, you know, the truth is we've had people over the years that come to church week and week after week after week, and they don't know the Lord. And how many know that's okay? You know, I want, them to, I want them to hear. And then how many know making Jesus Lord, it completely, completely revolutionizes your life. Right? So you can't press and push somebody into that. It's the Holy Spirit has, that has to bring conviction. And often people have family members who are praying for them. And God often reminds me of this, that sometimes uh, even in our own lives, you have, you have generations prior, grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents who have prayed for their family members of successive generations. Do you know God hears those prayers and he's watching over every member of that family? So sometimes the hardest, most crass person that you can meet that seems like they want to have nothing to do with God, often that's just a wall they put up to protect themselves. But you don't know behind that wall, there could be a lot of praying that people have done for them now or previously in previous generations. So that's why we need to really be open. How many hear me? That's pretty cool stuff when you think about it. So uh, people come here on Sundays, and at the end of the service, I, um, 
You know, I give an invitation for people to make Jesus Lord. Here's where I want to change. I want to change how I do it and what I've been doing. And you know, I've been doing this for decades, y'all. I mean, it's like the back of my hand. I know how to do it. But, uh, but I want to change it. And I've been saying, close your eyes, bow your heads. I'm not going to do that anymore. Because every single person that Jesus called, he called them publicly. And he called them on purpose. And it was a defining moment in their life. And they knew that if they embraced Jesus, everything about them. Matthew, the tax collector, Jesus called him. Philip was a fisherman. It changed their lives, these disciples. And when Jesus invades your life, when he invaded my life, he asked me to lay me aside. And it, it, man, it was revolutionary, right? And so, so Sunday mornings, when I, and whenever I give an altar call here, every time I'll say, everybody look at me, every head up and eyes open, look at me. Do it that way. And, I'm, and then I'm just going to simply quickly share the gospel. You know, God, God wants you to go to heaven. Are you ready? Are you ready? He's ready for you if you're ready for him. I may share whatever I share. I'm going to share something quick about salvation, something that's poignant, something that's, uh, you know, just kind of grabs them. And here's where I, what I need for you to do. When I go there, how many would be willing to pray quietly and silently? That's not the time to prevail in public and let everybody see how spiritual you are. Now, if you're going to do that, go in the back room and pray. And I don't mind if you go to one service on Sunday and pray the next service. We need the people praying for our services. Is that, is that okay? Right down the children's wing, first door on the right, there's a prayer room. You can go in before first service, in between services. And if you attend the first service and want to pray, go pray the next second service. But how many, at least when you're in here and I'm giving an altar ministry time, how many would be willing to pray under your breath? And ask God to quicken people's hearts. Before you come to church, how about pray and ask God that not just to minister to people when I minister the word, that's important, but then also at the altar call time that the, really the conviction of the Holy Spirit would be there and that he would draw people. Would you do that? Because if we all pray that way, the atmosphere, you can tell it. You can tell when people are praying. How many know demons resist this stuff? And we just got to pray through that demonic wall of resistance. We have authority over the devil, but we have to exercise our authority in prayer, right? So if you'll do that and pray, so then I'm going to say and just share with the people. And I'm going to say, you know, Jesus is calling you to give your life to him for the rest of your life. Once you do this, you will never be the same. He will challenge you to give yourself away. He wants you today. He wants you to give yourself away so you can have heaven for the rest of eternity. And I will simply say, uh, say you're here. And in just a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And uh, I've just got it written in the notes here. This could be a defining moment for the rest of your life. When Jesus called people to him, he always did it publicly. He's not changed. There are those in the room who Jesus is asking for you to give your life to him right now for the rest of of your life and he's calling you and I'll say you may have never been born again I'll explain that quickly or you may have known the Lord and you've gotten away from God and you know it in your heart you're not walking with God though you've known him today right now is a defining moment Jesus is asking for your life today I'm going to ask for you if God you know God's calling you and you don't know the Lord I'm going to ask you right where you are you're watching me in just a minute 
I'm going to say one, two, three. I want you to raise your hand. And you're saying, you know what? I know God is calling me. I sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my life about me changing. I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And I'm ready right now to give my life to Him. And I will say, one, two, three. If you're ready to make Jesus Lord, I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. You want Jesus. If you want to make Him Lord, however I say it, I'll say it. And once they raise their hand, I want you to start clapping. How about clap right now? Show me how you clap. Woo! I mean, get excited. Because the angels in heaven just got excited because they raised their hand. Is that true? Then once they raise their hand, I'm going to say, believers, I want you to go and find a person near you with a raised hand. I want you to pray with them. How many would be willing to do that? So on the screen comes this prayer. And stick the prayer on the screen. Where are you? There you go. You got it? Ah, so there's the prayer. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead the prayer here, but you're going to be right with them and you're going to pray with them where they are with their hand raised up. Does that make sense? So you're helping me. So we got it on the screen. This is in my notes. You can look it up when you get home. Everybody say it out loud. God, I repent of my sins. Today I change my heart and my mind about how I have been living my life. I ask you to forgive me for every sin that I have committed from the time that I was born until today. Every sin in thought, in word, in action, or in motive, I ask you to forgive me now. I believe that Jesus Christ is the virgin-born Son of God, that He died in my place, to pay for my personal sins and that he rose from the dead to make me right with you. Jesus, come into my life. I give myself wholeheartedly to you for the rest of my life. Change my interests and my desires. I give my life to you today. Thank you, Father, for saving me from my sin. In Jesus' name. And then I'll just have everybody lift your hands and just worship God. And then, hey, can we clap and and thank God with those who who just embraced Jesus and salvation? And can we rejoice with the angels of God? Woo! And then where you come into play is, I want you to grab, look in your seat pocket. You see a little card in the seat pocket. There's a screen. Yep. Oh, it's in the packet? It's not back in the seat pocket? Is there one in the seat pocket too? Okay. I may or may not say that. Nonetheless, they're in the seat. We, won't, we just want to get their names, just real simple. And then we have a packet. Turn around, look at Mira. There's a packet at the back. Those packets have CDs and books in them. And those are free and we want to give them to them. Is that okay? So we want you to do that. So when you pray with the person... I'm helping you pray. It's on the screen. You, you can't miss this. All we're doing is adding the human touch. Is that okay? And letting you be actively involved. And then you may want to become a friend with this person. That You know, friendships are, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff that goes with friendships. But you can be a friend with, you can be friendly to the person. Make contact with them. Don't push or press, but just make contact and say, I'm so glad I was able to pray with you. Hope you're good. They may give you their email address. Some may give you their phone number. I mean, it's up to you, but I just encourage just making some contact. Our church will make contact once we get the information and we'll follow up. Let me talk about the prayer before I 
quit here. Uh, this prayer, uh, the reason I, I pray it this way, you know, the elements of salvation are you have to know that you're a sinner. How many know that? And, and once you know you're away from God and, and you're a sinner, you have to repent. To, the word repent means to change my li- mind and heart about how I live my life. And literally, it means an about face. I'm going this way. I turn right around, and it's a, it's a 180-degree change. I change my life. So I'm changing my mind. I'm changing the focus of my life inside, and I'm making a choice. So I add repentance in the prayer. That's the reason I, I had that at the beginning. Today, I changed my heart and mind about how I've been living my life. And then I say, I ask you to forgive me for every sin that I have ever committed from the time I was born till now, every sin in thought, word, action, motive, forgive me. And why do I do that? Because there are two kinds of people that are praying. There are people who have never experienced salvation. Then there are people, and I find this to be true in our church particularly, have a lot of people that have known the Lord when they were young, but they really got away from God, uh, you know, in their older life. And, And so when they come back, I want to make sure that they know And as they pray, that they're being thorough. God, forgive me and cleanse me from the sin. And that's based on 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That word confess just simply means to agree with. You agree with God that what you've been doing was wrong. And so I try to make it as specific as possible. Thought, word, action, motive, those are the ways we sin. We have sins of omission and commission. So anyway, I don't add that, but I I add that particular part because of that. And then for the people that have never experienced salvation, I believe that Jesus Christ is the virgin-born Son of God. Now, the people that have already known Jesus and fallen away, they're just affirming that in their life again. The person that have never experienced salvation, they're just, I mean, they're believing that. And I will frame this before we pray so they'll understand what they're saying. And then the rest of this uh, is just like I said, so that they know that they are giving themselves wholeheartedly to Jesus for the rest. A lot of people today are like people in foreign countries that I've mentioned who uh, worship false gods and have icons like the, I'm not picking on anyone people group but I've been in some like for instance in India they got 300 million gods and they'll just add Jesus to the plethora of gods they have well you know that's not the way it works you got to throw all the rest of them in the trash and you got to embrace him and him alone and and we're doing that because I, I want them to know I'm giving myself to you for the rest of my life and that's a big change huge and that it's really climactic for them so that's the reason we do it that way I give my life to you today and so Uh, Anyway, take this, get the notes, look at this, and how many are willing to participate with us on Sundays? How about the rest? If you're willing, raise your hand. Good. I want you to do it, y'all. So uh, you may never know who may raise their hand, and they're right there with you. Is that okay? So here's what's going to happen. There may be services, and let me just say, practically speaking, uh, Sunday morning first service, generally, how can I say that? Almost spiritual people show up. So, so when we have visitors and people that don't know the Lord, generally, practically speaking, second service Sunday is more that way than first service. That's very true. So if we have a service and nobody raises their hand, there are people watching, and they may be watching real time, or they may be watching in the future. And I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to put the prayer on the screen, 
And I want you to pray it with me out loud, whether or not somebody, can we do that? And we're doing that for the people that may be watching and we can't see because I want them to experience Jesus. Don't you? How many think this is okay? How many excited about this? How many will pray with me about it? Stand up on your feet. All right. Eyes open. Everybody looking at me. Is there anybody here? And honestly, while I'm seriously, for real, I was talking and you know what? That's good. You may want to take a pic. Oh, okay. You can take pictures of this stuff on the screen. Can you put these things on the screen if y'all want to take a picture, a camera shot of that after service? Can y'all flip between them, you know, every couple of minutes or something? That'd be great. So you're here tonight. And maybe you're not sure that you're saved. Maybe you're not sure that you're going to heaven. You know, heaven is real. And you know what? I've had, I've lived enough life now. I've told you that six times I've come very close to death. I could have literally died quickly. And y'all, when that time comes, sometimes you don't even have time to think. I have been there. And that, you know, I can't even say it's, it's so fast. It's so fast it ain't even scary. It's like, my gosh, you just might not. And I'll never forget that time I almost got run over by the tank in the Congo. Literally, my mind was thinking at the point that I could have been crushed by a tank running over our vehicle. My mind was thinking of what it would be feel, feel like for metal to crush my body. That's why my mind didn't go. No, my mind went to that because it's like I didn't have time. So, so if you're here seriously and you're not sure you're right with God, can I help you? I want to know that you're going to heaven and you want to know. If you're here right now and you're not sure that if you died, heaven is your home, would you lift your hand right where you're at and say, I need him? Anybody here? Anybody tonight? This is serious stuff. Anybody? Anybody? You may be watching me, and this may be in the future, but you need God. You may not have another chance to hear this. I can't encourage you enough to let Jesus in your life. I'm 60, I turned 60 years old a few days ago. I have never regretted giving my life away. Never. I was miserable. <laughs> I can't tell you how heartbroken I was. And every day that I've experienced Jesus Christ, I've not been perfect, but it's given, given a fullness to me that I, I, that I would that I would never, ever want to leave. Somebody asked me before service, would I ever say there is no Holy Spirit? No, no. I would never say there is a God because he means so much. What if somebody gave me $10 million to recant and renounce Jesus? Keep your money. I'll have Jesus for eternity. You need to pray with me. You know what I really feel in my heart? <laughs> you might not have another chance, sir. Your life could be snuffed out in a moment. James said, what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We got this prayer we're going to put on the screen. And you're watching me. I encourage you. Have the boldness in your life to pray this prayer. If you'll give your life away, this is the word from the Lord for you. You give your life away. And everything you've always wanted will be right there with you. His name is Jesus. He is the fullness of life. 
and He'll minister that fullness to you. Can we pray this prayer? How about you pray? Everybody pray out loud. God, I repent of my sin. You pray with me, you're watching online. I repent of my sin. Today, I change my heart and my mind about how I've been living my life. I ask you to forgive me for every sin that I've committed from the time that I was born until today. Every sin in thought, in word, in action, in motive. I ask you, forgive me now. I believe that Jesus Christ is the virgin born Son of God. That He died in my place to pay for my personal sins. And that He rose from the dead to make me right with you. Jesus, come into my life. I give myself wholeheartedly to you. For the rest of my life, change my interests and desires. I give my life to you for the rest of my life today. Thank you, Father, for saving me from my sin. In Jesus' name. Would you lift your hands in here? Would you lift your hands where you are? And just thank God you prayed that prayer. The Spirit of God is actively working in your life to bring you salvation, to cleanse you from sin to give you a relationship with God. Father, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the reality of who you are. Thank you for keeping it real in all of our lives. Help us to know. Help us to know we're eternal beings. One day we'll be with you in heaven. Thank you for those that prayed. Lord, may no one snatch them out of your hand. Keep them by your grace. Give them a desire for you every day to read and to pray, to be with other believers. Keep them, God. In Jesus' name. How many agree? If you're watching online and you just prayed that prayer, if you make contact with our ministry, info at victorychurchraleigh.com is our website. It should be there somewhere on the screen. Go to our website. You can give us a call uh, during the week, uh, Monday through Thursday. You can give us a call. We'd love to make contact with you. Find a local church in your area. Go to a church. Don't just watch online. Go to a church. And, and meet the pastor, meet the people there. Let them minister to you. Read your Bible every day. I've got a blog, MitchHorton.com. Most days I write a blog. It's just scripture. I just talk about the Word, the promises of God, and how God can help and care for your life. Pray, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus and let Him minister to you every day. You'll find that you're never alone beginning today. Welcome to the family of God. Let's give those online that pray to hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for responding to Jesus. Thank you.